Welcome to So You Want to Be a Copywriter, brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, the world's leading centre for writing courses. Your host is Bernadette Schwert, who you'll find at copyschool.com, and you can find out more about all our copywriting courses at copywritingcourses.com.au. Now, over to Bernadette. Hello, I'm Bernadette Schwert. I'm the founder of the Australian School of Copywriting and the head copywriting tutor at the Australian Writers' Centre. If you'd like to learn how to write copy to promote your online course or indeed promote anything, we have the copywriting courses for you. Here's a review from Isaac, who recently completed our email marketing and copywriting course. He said, I have an online course and needed to get my head around email marketing to promote it. I did the email marketing and copywriting course to learn all about sales funnels and got so much more than I expected. I can now write for the entire digital marketing spectrum, from landing pages to welcome pages to email newsletters. This course has been a game changer. Thank you. Well, thank you, Isaac, and well done on completing the course. To find out more about this course, you can visit writerscentercomau forward slash email marketing or copyschool.com. And if you like our podcasts, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let's get started. If you have a passion for a topic and would like to turn that passion into profit, you may want to build an online course so you can teach it. Amber Renee is many things. She started out as an engineer and then pivoted seamlessly into becoming a celebrity stylist. It's a logical next step, isn't it? And she quickly realised she has a talent for not just making people look good, but helping their content look good too. And so she created a course that helped others monetize their expertise. She's now a leading specialist in helping entrepreneurs and influencers create online courses so they can live their dream life. Amber, Renee, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. I hope to share some value to your audience. Thanks for having me. I'm certain that you can. And we have got so much to talk about. And you've got a portfolio career in, in some respects, and I kind of identify with that in the sense that you are the creator of an online course that teaches you how to become an online course creator. You're a fashion stylist. You're a fashion designer. You've, you're in the makeup sort of beauty world. Um, you're an uh, email specialist in you know hacking funnels. You're into Facebook ads, personal branding. I mean, there's so much going on, but what I think you do so well is you bring it all together with a platform and it, it's almost they all feed into each other and I think having been a portfolio person myself I think that's really difficult to find what's the commonality in all the things that we love and do so we've got so much to talk about today. Um, first up let's talk about your journey in becoming uh, an entrepreneur in the online course creation space. How did you get started? Well, I'd love to say my entrepreneurial journey was, you know, a, what we see on Instagram these days, like hashtag entrepreneur life, but it was really more like a roller coaster, to be honest. So I started my first business off the back of a career in engineering. I used to be an engineer building roads and bridges and sat down one day with a sewing machine and created four shirts, sold those four shirts to the cool boutique in Brisbane. 
Uh, next week, we created eight shirts, sold eight shirts. And then five years later, I had 120 accounts around the world, exported to Paris, Tokyo, LA, and South Africa, did runway shows all over the world and dressed some of the biggest celebrities back in the day, which was Paris Hilton. And this was kind of before the internet sort of thing. So there was no DMing and influencer marketing. And we managed to dress her, which was a really cool experience. And as you're about to hear my journey, I worked myself to the bone and worked really hard and ended up burning out and crashing with that business. My manufacturer went out of business, which forced me to go out of business. And I was left with a huge debt that I was never going to be able to uh, repay. Um, I had found out that I had cancer and I was hospitalized with very bad anxiety and depression. Um, so that was my first entrepreneurial experience. And I swore I'd never do that again because that's a terrible idea. And that lasted about a year until I uh, built my second business. So the second business was a consulting business. So like, I guess, what a lot of your audience is. So we're working one-on-one, -on -one, we're hustling to get the next client. When that contract ends, we have to go and sh shop for another client. Uh, so I was working as a stylist, so a celebrity stylist, but it was the same thing, right? As soon as my contract ended, I, I was at the end of the month with nothing, you know, no money coming in and had to figure out the next month. Um, well, eventually, three short years into that, I was able to get some regular gigs. So I was the fashion editor at Women's Health and Fitness Magazine and the resident stylist at Southern Cross Osterio. So for a contractor like me, paid work every week, I thought it was the dream. I was also working as a TV presenter for Fashion TV. So you can imagine as a little fashionista working for fashion TV as a fashion editor, celebrity sales, I thought I had made it. I thought I was living my dream life. I thought this was as good as it was going to get for me. And there were circumstances, which I always say the universe came and lovingly pushed me out of this again. But in the space of one month at the end of uh, one year, I lost all of my contracts for, for reasons outside of any of my control. And I found myself unemployed and unemployable. I tried to go back to the construction site, but they didn't even want me. And I had nothing left except for all of this knowledge. Like I knew how to be a celebrity stylist. I knew how to get, you know, fashion gigs, but it was back in 2015 and this online space hadn't really started yet. Like I used to have to explain to people what an online course was. I'd have to explain to come to a webinar, like you're going to show up and listen to me online. So that's how this whole thing started. In that first year, I uh, took 18 online courses learning online marketing. And it was just one of these things that I had a real passion for. So whenever someone comes to me and says, how did you develop your passion? How did you know this was your purpose? Well, I, I just loved it. Like I woke up on a Saturday morning and I wanted to learn about Facebook ads. And on a Sunday, I'd wake up and learn about email marketing because I was really driven and really passionate about it. So there was no big sign saying, hey, Amber, this is your purpose. Come and learn this stuff. It was just something that I was really driven to do outside of my, you know, hustle, nine to five hustle, that kind of thing. So in that first year, I sold that first e-course, How to Be a Celebrity Stylist. It was the first um, fashion styling course in the world and still one of the best courses in, in, the, in the industry. And we did six figures in the first year. And from there, I just felt like I really had found my passion. So it was the first time I was able to um, have all of my engineering background because I always say to run a Facebook ad campaign, you need to be an engineer. And in order to be, um, you know, create these brilliant courses, you need to be a teacher and an educator and, and passionate about helping people. So they were sort of my two big drivers in life. And I'd kind of felt like I'd finally put them both together. And of course, the creative side to, to putting out branding content and all that kind of thing. And that the rest is history, as they say. So that was a few years ago now. Since then, I've built four online courses that help female entrepreneurs become the face of their brand, overcome their mindset, and build an online business um, that that basically works on Evergreen.
uh, or is amazing and but well done so many uh, moments of adversity that you've clearly taken on and used to fuel you to future growth and um, let's talk about the online courses because I think that's what a lot of people might be interested in and we'll talk a lot, a lot about other things as well in your life but um, for someone listening who's thinking about doing an online course in any topic firstly what do you recommend as to what topic people choose as to their online course Great question. That's one of the the things that uh, trips people up the most because what I find most entrepreneurs have is a couple of ideas that they go, well, I could teach this one or I could teach this one and how do I know which one to do first? So the easiest answer to that is you teach the one that is easiest to teach first. So what you're about to enter into when you start this space is you're about to start learning about online business and digital marketing and email marketing. So there's a lot of things that you're going to need to learn. So what you don't want to learn is the part that you're about to teach. So for, for instance, you might be able to, um, you know, like I could get up and teach celebrity styling without needing to take a single note. Like I just opened up my camera one day, I sat down and I taught it. My next course was on personal branding and publicity. I knew that stuff, but I had to do a bit of research to make sure that, oh, that's a really robust course. So you can see the difference there. The celebrity styling one, I just turned my camera on and I spoke off the top of my head. So if you're trying to decide between two courses, that's how I would get you to decide. And also keep in mind that once you start one course, you just start the next course as soon as you finish the first one. So that's the beauty of this business. Once you understand how to do it once, you're definitely going to want to do it again and again. Great idea. And let me ask this question because it comes up a lot with the work that I do um, when people say, what shall I niche in? And the, the question I'm asking, I guess, is do you look at the market demand for something? Do you look at the competitors who are already in the sector or do you just go for it because that's your topic and that's what you love? A little bit of both. We always recommend doing some market research and idea validation at the start. Really, your idea validation is to make sure that there is an audience that has the capacity to buy. So that's one of the things you look for. Is there an audience? Do they have the capacity to buy? So for instance, does that, or you know, if you're trying to um, create a course that teaches high school students, are you marketing the course to the high school students or to the mum who's going to buy the course? So keeping those things in mind and then making sure that you have a unique methodology. So something that is unique to you. So for instance, one of my uh, courses about courses uses my dream methodology. So the, and, and keeping in mind that the number one reason that people buy courses is because they connect with the person that's selling the course. So there are a bunch of people out there that are selling a similar course or similar courses to mine, but people are still buying my courses because they really connect with my story. And I can't tell you the number of times that people have bought a course and said, oh, well, I just, I love that you're an engineer or like, I'm really into fashion and that's why I bought your course about courses. And I'm like, okay, what, you know, that doesn't really have anything to do with that course, but that's why people connect with you. They connect with the person who's selling the course. So always keep that in mind. Mm. And so what is the dream methodology? Let's talk talk us through that because sure. I think that's fascinating. The dream methodology was a, a concept that I created for my book, Dream Life. Um, and we speak, speak about D-R-E-A-N-M. So um, D is all about your mindset. This is where we define a millionaire's mindset. R is where we rarefy you using personal branding. So this is where we draw out your story and all the reasons why someone is going to buy from you. E is where we create your estate content. So in the offline space, they tell you to go and buy an estate. In the online space, we build our own estates. So this is where we create your online course, your digital program, or your product. A is where we automate it. So this is where we start looking at your funnels and figuring out automation so that you can have some more time off and less time at work. And M is where we get your traffic. 
So you'll see here my dream methodology is actually backwards compared to how most people teach it. Most people tell you to go and get traffic first. So they tell you to go and build your audience, grow your following, you know, open a, open a Facebook group. Whereas I believe unless you have got your mindset set up first, you understand what your story is and you've got something to sell, there's no point in going and building your traffic, getting traffic because people won't connect with you before then. I take it the M is money. Yeah, well, M is magnetism. But yes, magnetism. exactly. That's how you make your money for sure. Got it. Got it. Lovely. And um, so can you give us an example of the kinds of um, courses that you've helped people build? Are there any sort of case studies you can think of? There are so many. Um, at the moment, we're, we've got, so we actually have a done-for-you agency as well where we build courses for people. So in the agency, we're currently building a course on um Ketamine-assisted therapy, kid entrepreneurship, discipline, body positivity, um, uh, what's my other ones, ADHD, a lot of in financial services. So it's every sort of industry that you can imagine. Most of the ones that we see coming through um, that do my course about courses are in personal development, um, the yoga space. We get a lot of health and wellness practitioners, that kind of thing. Um, and then I also obviously attract a lot of people that are ex-corporate wanting to get out of the corporate world and move into the online space. And then obviously a lot of people in the fashion and beauty world. Yeah, so really, really broad. And in terms of the niching, like the keto one, do you what do you recommend in terms of how niche do you get? Because, you know, you could talk about bodybuilding, for example, or you could talk about keto and, and its role in bodybuilding. So how how niche do you, how involved do you get firstly? And what what tips would you give to people thinking about how far do I chunk this down? I mean, these days, I don't think you can chunk it down too far. Obviously, if you go and do market research and figure out what the uh, what already exists, if there's someone selling an, a similar course to yours, you would then chuck and chunk yours down even further to make yours even more unique. Um, but, you know, it could be as simple as adding in a bit of your personality. So, for instance, one of my most successful students who took my course about courses, um, uh, Beck over in Perth, she studied Freedom Funnels where she was still working as a teacher and she used to come to the uh, coaching calls in her lunch break and she'd be sitting in like the teacher's cupboard, like trying to trying to build her side hustle while she was working as a teacher. So Beck created a course called Self-Care for Girls Who Swear. And I just love that because it's not necessarily a different kind of course, but it's attracting a different type of customer, right? So if you're looking at that course, you know, oh yeah, I, she's my girl if you're that kind of girl. Um, another great example of joining a couple of your um, uh, niches together is one of my clients, Malay. Malay is really passionate about country and Western. So on the weekend, she goes out to the rodeo and she sells country and Western shirts out there. But she's also really passionate about fashion, styling and, and makeup. So through the week, she does makeovers. She shows people how to dress. So she created a course that matches your hair and makeup and outfit to your horse color. So for the rodeo riders, <laughs> when they're competing in the rodeos, they look all stylish and they're all matched, which again is such a genius way of blending a couple of your passions together. And no one is going to teach that course, right? Like she will have no competitors in that course. She's going to be the only one in the world teaching that. Yeah, actually have 100% of the people in the rodeo exactly. world, you know, buying yes. it as well because yep. nobody else will buy it. So that's no. a lovely self-exclusionary tactic. Um, 
some really, really nice ideas there because I often get that nice from a copywriting perspective, you know, how far do we niche it down? Yeah. And, and just on that, I'll just share this story, like a woman I know who was in the equine industry, and this is not so much copywriting, but she was a financial person, but the, the lessons are the same. She um, specialised, you know, financial planning, for example, mortgage broking, it's really competitive. So she decided she loves horses and she has a farm, so she's going to be doing the equine industry. And you think, okay, well, it's just buying horses, right? She goes, no, well, you think about it. It became about horse floats, horse trailers, uh, feed, horse insurance, buying, you know, horse farms, uh, horse racing insurance, you know, jockeys, all this kind of stuff. This market exploded because she just loved horses. So I think that's just a really interesting thing when you've got a niche. You think, well, how far can you take this? And you can go down and you can go up and, and sideways. But let's talk about the courses specifically because people might be thinking, what's the optimum length of a course? You know, How many hours do you recommend for a course? Great question. I get this one all the time. My answer is nobody buys a course because they want more content. So no one is lying in bed at night going, I just really need 54 videos and then my life is going to be better. What they're lying in bed at night thinking is that I need this problem solved and we're all getting busier and busier. So my answer to that question is that your course should be as long as it needs to be to solve the problem that your course is promising. So if you can do that in a couple of modules and a you know a couple of hours of content, then fantastic. Um, the number one reason that people drop out of courses is for overwhelm. So if they're getting in there, they're like, oh my gosh, there's just so much content in here and now there's another lesson. So that's the reason that people drop out. So that's always um, something that we always look for when we're either coaching people through this or doing it for people is to pull it back, make it short, short and sharp. And even um, the video length. So it used to be about 19 minutes was sort of the maximum length that a, a current brain could comprehend. And these days it's getting shorter and shorter. And some niches we're recommending under five minutes for their, for their video content. And there must be kind of a sweet spot. You know, is it 20 hours? Is it 10 hours? What do you think? If someone said to you, I could make this course as big as I need, what do you recommend? What would you say? Whenever I build courses for our agency clients, we do about five modules and about three to four lessons per module. So does that help? Yeah. And so we're thinking that each lesson should be about 10 to 15 minutes. So What's that? Maybe there's four, three to four, three to five hours, I guess, would probably be the content. Um, but even that, three hours is a lot. Yeah. But I think that's nice because it makes it doable for people. And I say this with copywriting, if you get your word count before you start, it makes your job so much easier. And it's it reduces the overwhelm. And it's similar to what you're saying with your online courses. If you know it's five hours of content, think, well, I could do five hours, you know, five hours. it kind yeah. of makes it kind of doable. Totally. And in terms of the um the marketing of it, because I know the the nature of certain people is to teach. They love sharing, but they, they may not have that marketing element in their in their background. And of course, that is critical, right? Because you can create, create all you like, but without the distribution, you won't make any money. So, what tips would you give to people thinking about they've got their course organized? What's the next step? So we teach a whole four other modules of of this inside of Freedom Funnel. So most courses finish at the end of like, you built your course, well done. But I actually learned the hard way that that isn't the end process. So I, when I built that very first fashion styling course, I, you know, was like, okay, I've built my course. Like, 
where's my money? Where's all the money now? What do I do now? And then I realized the hard way that and now I have to figure out how to sell this thing. So I guess the number one thing is you uh, get people excited from day one. So the day that you sit down to start building your course, bring people on the journey. So let them know I've got a course, you know, I'm working on a course. What modules would you like to see? What lessons do you need in the course? Have you got a name? Do you like the name? So whenever I'm pre-launching a course, I start, start from day one and really bring people in on the journey with me to the point that they they choose the name. They choose, um, you know, how, you know, what lessons they need in it. And I did this really well with Freedom Funnels. I spoke about it for like three months in the delivery of it. And I actually um, pre-sold that course. So I didn't actually create anything until I knew someone was going to buy it, which is another formula that we teach is to pre-sell your course first. And I pre-sold it for three months, got people super excited, opened the doors um, and really Getting people excited about a course. Yes, there are psychological triggers that you can use to help people convert. Yes, there's, you know, fancy sales and marketing tools, but really it's just a matter of letting people know that you've got something really of value to talk about and they should want to buy this. Like, you know, it's your life's work and you put a lot of effort into this. And if you just show up with this kind of passion and energy and excitement and let people know you're going to get a lot out of this, it really will be enough without having to learn any fancy, you know, sales tactics. Um, so that, that really is simply enough. But I guess the other thing to think of there is you cannot um, oversell your course. I know we all think about like, I've already spoken about my course four times on my Instagram this week. People will be so sick of it. No, people have probably only seen one. If you're lucky, they haven't been watching, you know, people aren't paying the, uh, as much attention as we think they're paying. Um, so, you know, really just being very, very um, uh, visible on your social media and posting way more times than feels comfortable and, uh, you know, getting visible in the Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups. Oh, fantastic. And that is Leads me to my next question. Let's say someone's got a course right now, and if you could be reasonably prescriptive, I think that would be awesome. But what kinds of things should they be posting and on what? And yeah, just those two things. What should they say and where should they be posting? So I think really it's about um, uh, showing up live, which is a very uncomfortable thing to do. But if you can show up live or even show up in video, people are wanting to get the experience of what it would be like to taught by you, be taught by you. So the more that you can give them that experience of this is what it's going to be like inside the course, the more they're likely to buy it, more likely to buy it. So if you think about if you're going to buy a house, you would never buy a house unless you walk through the house and inspected it. So if there are people that really don't want to show up live, you could just actually give them a free lesson from your course and say, this free lesson is available for everyone over the next couple of weeks. We've done this really well from a bunch of our clients that don't want to do any kind of, you know, showing up live on their social media. And what that does is it really gives the people an experience of, oh, this course is really valuable. She's really giving a lot of you know relevant information. I've got notes, I've got a workbook. So that's probably the easiest way to do it. Um, but if you want some tactics of what to say, like really it's all about them. So uh, who this course is for, what they're going to get out of it, what their life is going to look like as a result of doing the course, what the one big transformation is, and really just talking about what their life is going to be as a result rather than there are 45 modules, there are 16 lessons, there's 19 minutes per lesson. People don't care about that. So really have a think about what they're lying in bed at night worrying about and talk to that. So, you know, with my course, uh, course about courses, it might be, are you struggling with 
your nine to five and you really want a way to get out of the nine to five and start your side hustle? Do you have all this knowledge, but you have no idea how you're going to, um, you know, get out of the cycle of one to one hamster wheel and start, you know, really scaling your business? Are you watching your kids go to school every day and you're wishing that you could come home and pick them up? So these are the kind of things, this is the kind of kind of conversations that your ideal customer is having in their head. So get into that conversation and let them know that once they do your course, then they will get the result that they're looking for. Excellent. Great advice. Any t- tips on how to name a course? So you've got some cool names. What, what are oh, your suggestions God. there? I am not good at naming. I really don't like naming. We've got some naming protocols inside of Freedom Funnels. I like things like alliteration, so Freedom Funnels. Um, I also just like really obvious. My, my fashion styling course is the Certificate of Professional Fashion Styling. I mean, that's not sexy and it's a huge mouthful to say, but like when you see that, you're like, well, that's what I want. I want a Certificate of Professional Fashion Styling. I guess my, you know, look for naming protocols, but really don't get caught up in launching your course if you um, are not set on your name. So my second course, I actually launched it with a name, which was a huge mouthful, but it really told you what you got, which what you got, and that was how to uh, how to be a. Uh, it was a three P PPP, so it was presentation, publicity, and performance powerhouse. I think that was the title. Oh my gosh. And then I launched it like that and I made a lot of money selling this course that was named this thing. And then I took it offline, rebranded it, just changed the title. And then now it's called Amplifier Impact. So, um, and then that wordy thing is the subtitle. So I think like, don't get caught up in the name, put it out there, see if people respond. A a lot of my people like the original course when I eventually went back and said, hey, I'm going to rebrand this. They were like, we like it. So, you know, I think don't get too hung up on those kind of things. Now, you've done my copywriting course, which I'm really thrilled to yes. know. Um, what? Why did you do that? And what did you learn from that? I think I'm a forever student. So I always just want to go and learn what other people's knowledge is. I mean, you have a lifetime of knowledge that you've managed to condense down into one course. I can take that one course and learn mostly everything that you know that you've, it's taken you 20 years and you know hundreds of thousands of hours to learn. So I value online courses like that in just in so much. Like I just think that's just the, such a huge you know benefit to having the internet and where we are right now in the online learning space is that I can just pay a little bit of money and take a few hours and just download so much like a lifetime of wisdom. So that was why, you know, when I started thinking I might want to write some books, I was like, well, let's go and learn from the best. And in terms of copywriting from the course perspective, what do you say to people? You know, is that an important component? What role, now that you know about copywriting and you've learned it, what role do you think that plays in the course creation? Well, I think, I mean, a lot of our people really struggle with putting their content together. And I think if you had a background in copywriting, you'd feel a little bit more comfortable with that. But in terms of sales and marketing, copy is 90% the reason why people will buy your course. So if you're able to write your story in a way that connects with people, then that's why they're going to buy your course. So copy is essential in the online space. Talk to me about your book. Why did you write that book? Oh, I, I mean, I guess I wanted a way to encompass everything, all of my courses. So the the dream methodology is all of my courses, the mindset course, the personal brand, the online course, and the influencing course. So I needed a way to get my body of work out there in a way that was accessible to people. It was right at the start of the pandemic. People weren't wanting to spend thousands of dollars on courses. They wanted to dip their feet in and get to know someone a little bit better. 
So I thought, well, let's write a book that encompasses everything that I believe in when it comes to the online space and give it to people at a price that is so affordable and in a way that they can digest it and start. I mean, you can start an online business just from reading this book. There's so much good, good actionable content in there. So that was probably the reason why I sat down to write it in the first place. And you told me offline that you had a few struggles with writing that. What, what did you experience as a writer? I did not enjoy the writing process, Bernadette. I mean, it was during uh, COVID, so we were in lockdown. And um, and funnily enough, I'd been saying to the universe, because I knew that I'd wanted to write a memoir for a, a couple of years, and I'd been saying to the universe, there's no way I could possibly write a memoir unless I'm in, you know, a fabulous beach house with a view of the water. And, you know, I definitely couldn't write one until I've got that. And the universe was like, no worries, there you go. So in COVID, in the second lockdown, I actually got stuck at my brother's house in Jervis Bay, which was a fantastic beach house. I was there by myself and I had nothing left to do but write. And so I wrote my memoir and then I wrote my my book that's currently released, Dream Life, which is the book about online business. And that was my whole COVID. I just sat and stared out this window and begrudgingly you know, counted words and looked at pages and scrapped things and wrote things and decided it was terrible and that I should never write another word in my life, which I guess is the very normal process that every writer goes through. Um, and yes, here we are. We have one book released. And it is amazing. And talk us through a little bit about the anxiety that you, you talked to me a little bit offline about, you know, what life has been like for you lately, like you know, people often perceive people to have these dream lives, but there's something sometimes going on in the background that we don't hear about. Do you want to share with us what you've been going through? Sure. So um, prior to COVID, I was a full-time nomad and I was traveling the world with a one-way ticket and I was living my dream life and I was just on a television show called Dream Life that was airing in the States. And that show was actually publicizing my most recent online business venture, which is wild because I'm a little girl from Brisbane and now I'm suddenly on a television show in America and on billboards over there. And then with COVID, I was locked down and locked out of the States. And so um, my world went from being very big and very expansive to being trapped inside, which for me, the kind of person I am was a very uh, difficult thing to, to come to terms with. And then we had a lot of family trauma go on in that um, period, which I sort of had to manage. Um, and, and, it, and then I was stuck in the second one writing this book, which wasn't, wasn't an enjoyable experience. So I've sort of just come out of the back of that. And I've only just realized um, just this year, actually, that I've just come out of the back of a really bad anxiety and depressive run, I guess, which started during COVID. And I didn't actually realize that I find these things to be so um, insidious and they just kind of creep up on you and creep up on you. And then next thing you know, you, you sort of don't recognize yourself. Um, and so I realized this about midway through this year, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I, I, I have crippling anxiety and really bad depression, which is a bit of a fall fallback for me. I've sort of been there before. So, um, it was, uh, it was really disappointing to realize that that's where I was again. And also, I guess I was a bit grateful to be like, oh, okay, you, you've got, you've got tools to get yourself out of this, you know, how to deal with this, um, and, and to get yourself back on track and to, and to try and make some, some art out of the pain and to figure out how, you know, how are you going to transmute this pain? What are you going to do with it? And and how are you going to move forward? Knowing that you do have these great gifts to share and that there are people waiting to hear about, you know, your wisdom and wanting to talk to you and, and, you know, what are you going to do about that? So it has been a bit of a journey. Um, yeah. Coming off the back of COVID and not even realizing it at the time that, uh, you know, how difficult it was. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Amber, for sharing that 
personal story because um I think sometimes people see the the visuals you know they see the outward person but they don't know what's going on behind and I'd be curious to know also what kind of techniques did you employ to get through that that might be useful for some people listening as well yeah so so for me it's grassroots stuff so it's um really strict diet so you know uh, you know no drinking no um gluten no sugar and then um exercising every day meditating every day and then just taking some herbs and herb, like uh, vitamins um and and really prioritizing my mental health so you know if i'm not feeling like doing something then i'm allowed to sit and have some time off i don't have to push through it um and really trying to focus on and feel feeling really good. Um, you know, I'd love to say that there was a quick fix or a, an easy solution, but it's, I, I find this kind of thing is a one day at a time kind of thing. And it's being really strict about what you're putting into yourself. So no negativity, you know, like no, nothing negative on social media, no negative conversations. Like as soon as I you know, got to a point where I thought that I might be scrolling a bit too much, not you finished, like you're not getting back on Instagram, like you're done. So, um, you know, just being really strict about what I'm consuming, both, you know, mentally and physically um, and, and slowly working my way out of it. Mm. I think that's really important, isn't it? It, it is the 1%, isn't it? I think the, the perception that there's going to be this magical thing that suddenly solves everything. It's just the one percenters. It's the diet. It's the sleep. It's the mindfulness. It's the, you know, what you consume. It's it's all these things which are difficult, you know, and they say simple is not easy. And it's not. They're simple things, but they're not easy. So in that stage that you were at, was there a sense of, an imposter syndrome where you might be thinking, and I don't want to put words in your mouth at all, but I'm thinking, you, you know, you have this brand, which is dream, believe you can be and positivity. And yet in your own world, you weren't feeling that. How, what was it like for you to go out and market yourself when you were feeling this? Well, that's the thing. I did not market. I, I've not done a single bit of marketing. I haven't even really put out any social content for the last couple of years, which again, now seems like such a huge waste because I've got this audience that wants to hear from me and I've got great knowledge to share. And I just couldn't, I, you know, I, I couldn't put anything out because I did. I felt like a huge fraud and also started comparisonitis for the first time in a really long time. I mean, Back when I don't even think when I started this business, I got into comparisonitis because I was so green. So I was like, I don't care. I don't know anything. I'm just getting started. Whereas now I'm like quite established and I've got all these great, you know, courses and concepts out there. And all of a sudden I've started comparisonitis and looking around going, oh, well, her business is bigger than mine. And she's, and then, and then the old, well, you're too old now, you know, you're too old and you're too this and you're too gray and you're too this and you don't look like that anymore. And like, all these things. And I'm like, oh my God, I thought you'd gotten over all this, but here it all is again. So um, yeah, interesting to see all of that come up and then, work, you know, again, just working your way through it, mentally reframing all the things, which I remember, I think, I think maybe back in 2018, I did a really big self-love journey and really, you know, sat down and did very dedicated self-love work every day, like mirror work and reprogramming using some audio, um, you know, uh, uh, affirmations and really mentally reprogram myself day by day. And to find that I like kind of need to do that again is sort of a bit disappointing, but then also I'm like, okay, you know how to do this. You've been here before, like, let's do it again. Wow, that takes a lot of discipline and a lot of um, energy as well, you know, to get back on the horse and and to even 
you know, say that you haven't posted and you haven't marketed for a couple of years. Firstly, that's testament to the business model that you've created, right? So big win there. But also I think it's just nice for people to hear that, that sometimes even people they perceive to be, you know, doing really well fall off the horse a little bit occasionally yeah. and they go, you know what, I've got to get back on. Yeah. Um, so just, I'm just curious about mirror work. I can imagine what it is, but can you just explain what it is? Absolutely. So mirror work is where you look in the mirror and you say affirmations um, to yourself. So when I first discovered mirror work, the whole idea was that you look in the mirror and you say, I love you. I love you so much. You're my favorite person. You're the best person in the whole world. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. When I first started doing this, I looked in the mirror and what I could say was, I can't stand you. I don't, don't, don't want, I don't like anything about you. I cannot stand you. There's nothing I like about you. And that's where I, that was the place that I started from. And I was an adult at this stage. I was, you know, in my thirties, it wasn't like I was some 18 year old kid. Like I had already done a decade of therapy and I was still thinking that about myself. So I then I dedicated, you know, 10 to 15 minutes every day. And I started with the smallest thing. So the smallest thing that I could find. So I think I started with like, well, I really like your toes. You've got nice toes. I guess that's fine. And just worked my way up from there to the point that, yeah, after a few months of very dedicated, I had to do it every day. I had to sit down in front of the mirror every day. And it was highly emotional. You know, it wasn't an enjoyable experience. But then by the end, I'm now in a place where I'm like, I love you. You're my favorite person. Like, let's create life together. Oh, that's such a great win. And and what's next for you? Like you've you've done so much already, but what's next? I really feel like I'm being called to serve women again and to help them get on this journey, whether that journey is getting their voice heard with personal branding, whether it's getting publicity with podcasts or whether it is building, you know, an online course, which can actually create a legacy for their families. So I am feeling really called to uh, you know do that again. And, and when you actually reached out, I was so chuffed because I'm like, oh, thanks, Bernadette. I'd love to share my story. So I feel like that's the universe going, come on come on, it's time, get out, get out, come come and share your stories with people. Yeah, and it is a great story and I'm so glad you've shared it today. I think a lot of people will get a lot from it on both a, an emotional level but also on a financial business level as well. So thank you for being so honest and authentic, Amber. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Copywriter. You'll find the show notes at soyouwanttobeacopywriter.com.au. This podcast was brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre. Do you want to get started as a professional copywriter? Have a look at our course, Copywriting Essentials. Created by Bernadette Schwert, this five-week online course will teach you how to write words that sell and get paid to be creative. Find out more at writerscentre.com.au slash copywriting. And thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Copywriter. You'll find the show notes at soyouwanttobeacopywriter.com.au.